Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome to Beyond the Ball, Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gerstung. Coach Eric Klump, it's been a couple of days since we talked. How you doing, my man? Very good, very good. This is a uh, 7 p.m. Start for us a, a wonderful Sunday anytime in Western New York that the Bills win and oh, win like Bills. they did with Josh Allen proving that he might be a much better quarterback than everybody thinks he is outside of Western New York, of course. And it was really wonderful to watch, especially with two of our best um, defense defensive players and our linebackers out today. So um, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, how excited. I don't think we need much else to get us excited in the Buffalo area than Buffalo Bill wins. Yeah. I uh, tried to explain to my to my children. They were kind of picking on me a little bit because I was getting a little ramped up. And I told them, I said, I haven't really been this excited to cheer for the Bills, like get my expectations up. But like they look really, really good. Mm, yeah, I'm sir. excited. I'm excited. I am definitely ready, ready for this season. Um, I know we're starting some high school sports tomorrow. Uh, here in Western New York. So that's kind of exciting. It's not a perfect scenario. So yeah, I'm ready, ready to get after it a little bit here. Yes. Anytime that uh, these young athletes can use sports or activities or music or whatever they're into or whatever their why is as a release um, to, to really focus on their wellness in their life, it's great to see these sports coming back for them. You know, you see some of the students training all summer, like our, our cross-country team, you see them running around town. And um, to know that they're going to have the advantage to, um, you know, move into this season and really um, put everything behind them and, and move forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start celebrations then tonight because I'm celebrating um, my son and a bunch of kids his grade. They they found out this week that they're not having modified sports. And so I know around our league, typically, you know, most schools have, have decided that or not. And our school just decided that on Wednesday. So they had a lot of my son's in seventh grade. So there was a lot of disappointment and frustration uh, for those guys, but they decided to, we decided to get into a flag football league um, that plays through, you know, a, a private group that, you know, is not necessarily regulated by New York State. So they were excited. They had their first scrimmage on Saturday and just a bunch of kids getting together and playing, socially distancing, of course, wearing their masks, but, 
you know, being out on the field and just competing with each other and making new friends. So my celebration goes out to those kids. And I'm going to celebrate my high school athletes that do get to play. I got a lot of kids that had their football season postponed. Well, Mm -hmm. currently at this point, it's postponed. And so they're getting an opportunity to try out some other sports that maybe they wouldn't normally get to do. So I know I got some football players playing soccer. I got some volleyball players you know, running cross country and playing field hockey. So uh, I'm just going to celebrate them for taking a chance and, you know, doing something that they're not comfortable with, um, all for the purpose of competing and hanging out with their peers. Yeah, that's certainly a great celebration. Anytime that they can move on and get a sense of what other athletes go through um, in their training and in their approach to their season, it's wonderful to see. And and I felt celebrating those kids for having the courage to do that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, my, my celebration without a doubt today after our first full week back last week is definitely to the rest of those teachers out there. Um, it, it, everybody is in their first year teaching through this COVID teaching yeah. and, and many great way to put it. schools have a variety of different opening plans, but we are going each and every day and um, to see all these teachers um, going home and spending so much time at home prepping for their students just because they care. They want to see them succeed and they want what's best for their students. Believe me, parents out there, we, we just are working tirelessly to make sure that every time the students come into our classroom, it's innovative, it's engaging, and it's a learning environment where kids feel comfortable being back in the school. So all those teachers keep doing what you're doing. You're serving these youth, and hopefully we get back to some normalcy, but just keep grinding and we celebrate you for your efforts. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable, right? You have teachers that are 20, 25-year veterans that – for the first time in a long time are a little bit turned upside down. Mm-hmm. They're not sure where to go um, and not sure how they're going to approach this thing. And, you know, one of our things is trying to figure out how to teach the exact same content or even better, but do it in a very limited capacity, you know, either through less time because you're in a hybrid model and your time with face to face is less or, with less capacity because you just don't know the technology. I think this last week was the first week where I really realized like, I'm the old guy now, you know, 19 years in, I used to be the young guy that had all the new tricks coming out of teacher college, right? And now it's, I needed help from some of my younger teachers, which was a very humbling experience because you get in and you have all this experience and you're like, yeah, I got this. I know exactly how we're gonna knock this out. And then, you know, a Google button doesn't link or a Schoology button doesn't go. And now you're stuck behind or your timing's thrown off. And you just got to show a lot of grace for yourself and for your students that are at home dealing with the same issues. And, you know, still just unbelievable to me that kids in this day and age still don't have a hookup to any type of Internet access. It's still blown. I know that's been a thing in the news about getting kids access to you know, internet and so that they can do this online schooling. It just blows my mind that we still have kids in this country that don't have access yeah, to that. And, shout, so. and another celebration, shout out to those Buffalo Bills for, for providing that for a lot of yeah. our inner city, city of Buffalo. Um, that was a great story to read. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So much, 
so much to celebrate, so many challenges, but we're going to just persevere and maybe push through these. By the time this comes out, you know, we're going to be talking about mid-October, November, and we'll see if anything is in better shape than what we currently are. But excited to have you on. So now you got a Bible verse for us? Oh, absolutely. Um, Give it to and, us. You know, sometimes I get so caught up in life or this one is really assuring. It's one of my favorite ones, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one can come to the Father except through me. What a powerful and life-changing verse and decision for all of us to make. You know, that knowing Jesus, knowing and loving Jesus is the only way to everlasting life with God. So here we are in the world. You know, you could be the person with the highest character, maybe the best coach, the best teacher, best friend, best husband, best boyfriend. But if we don't really know Christ um, and have that relationship with him, we, we can just be like somewhat like withering away, going through the motions in this short time that we have compared to what we could have with all of eternity and all of his blessings. So in this, in this hectic week, I just had to sit back and, and um, read that verse and, and take a sigh of relief because having the, the reassurance in my relationship with, with what's going on, it, it was just right on time. Yeah, and that's, you know, such a very um, influential verse as I'm listening to you read it, that faith component um, is so important. And, you know, whether our listeners are Christian or not, we are, and we don't shy away from that. I'm, you know, a proud Jesus follower, but faith in whatever your belief is, right, is, is so important to just give you that courage and to give you that sense of relief that it's all going to be all right as long mm-hmm. as you have that plan down. And I, I, I only reference that and bring that up because as we're teaching, you know, you, you come across kids that have different levels of faith in their life and everybody just needs something to lean on. And in our case, it, it is our religion. It is our, it is our faith and our love of Jesus. So I just love that we can have that conversation, but also encourage others to find whatever they're path of faith is to to reach out and find that as well so such a good verse thanks for sharing that coach any problem so coach what do we have in store tonight uh tonight we are going with another western new york local uh coach desmond randall um who has such a great uh background he falls right in line actually with all of our other guests um western new york uh all western new york athlete college athlete Um, But ultimately, you know, I think he was really, really great on the football field as well as on the basketball court. And so he's another guy that I think had to make that choice between football versus basketball um, and has kind of elevated himself through, you know, hard work, doing the AAU scene, coaching at the high school level, has worked himself all the way up into a Division II coaching position here in Western New York at Villa Maria. Uh, and so I'm super excited to just see what his journey's been like and, you know, see what he's doing in this time of, you know, the COVID crisis here, but also how he's he's really using his platform uh, to to connect with kids and to to better their experience. So Desmond Randall is our guest tonight. All right. Sounds great. All right. So if you're ready, we're going to break real quick. And when we come back, we'll have Coach Randall with us. You know, I'm ready. Let's do it. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball with Justin Gerstung and Eric Klump on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Our roster of shows includes Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. If you're an NBA fan, be sure to catch one of our new team-focused shows, Cavalier Central, Nuck If You Buck, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, and Blazing the Path. We'll be adding more NBA markets in the weeks and months ahead, so keep up with our latest updates on Twitter, at HoopHeadsPod. I'd love for you to check out our flagship, the HoopHeads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, the go-to podcast for basketball coaches on any level. Now, let's get back to Justin and Eric. All right, guys, welcome back to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. We're joined tonight by Coach Desmond Randall of the Villa Maria Vikings. Coach Randall, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you guys doing tonight? We are doing well. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Des, hey, thanks for coming on. Um, real interesting story. I remember following your teams at West Seneca West, and I'm sure um, – Jumping up and moving on to your career at Villa was probably a, a decision um, for you, boosting your your coaching resume. So, how, what was that decision making process like? Uh, I mean, you know, for me, you know, the the, the goal, the dream, the aspirations is to you know one get to the college level, um, and then obviously uh, get to you know Division One. You know, I, w- I would love to coach Division One someday, and um, you know when this opportunity presents. Um, it was close to a no brainer, um, you know, especially for a guy like me who, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how far you guys dug into, you know, my, my path and my career so far, but, um, you know, not having direct basketball ties, um, in, in college already, you know, um, my whole basketball career, I've kind of had to just, you know, sort of make it and get through it on my own, um, because, you know, I play college football, you know, so getting into basketball and coaching, you know, a lot of guys get into coaching coming out of playing in college and having other coaches right. that help them kind of get their foot in the door or, um, you know, playing and then they'll be able to GA, uh, for the, t- the team they play, play for. So, you know, without me having those, um, connections or opportunities right away, um, I think an opportunity to get to college, um, was a no brainer, you know, because that's something I wanted to do. But I say kind of a no brainer because, um, you know, that, that team I would have went back to at West, um, were guys that were with me, you know, from, from day one since I got there. It was a great senior class, a, a class that I was looking forward to going back in and coaching. And, um, you know, they had an opportunity to be really good, which they ended up doing. And, um, you know, so it was hard. You know, I had some guys that I was very close with that wanted me to finish their senior year out with them. So that was really the toughest part about the decision, um, in the process of, of going to Villa. But outside of that, it was, you know, I had to take it. You know, it was sure. at, at the time I was, 30, 31 and, you know, hey, coaching jobs at college um, before you even touch the college level don't come very often, you know, so um, it was something I really couldn't pass up at the end of the day. Yeah, when when those opportunities knock, you just got to take them. Um, it's interesting that you said that you played college football and then moved on to um, become a very successful high school basketball coach. Um, me personally, I almost like followed the same route. I I played some college football and then the game of basketball just captivated me um, and 
the X's and O's and the game was just so beautiful. Is that, is that what pulled you into that direction also? I mean, absolutely 100%. Um, I bet you if you ask 90% of football players, they say their first love was basketball. Right. Um, and, and that's how it was for me. Uh, grew up as a, a, a three, three and a half, three and a half sport athlete. I say, I say <laughs> half because I ran track and played track. baseball um, oh, nice. up until high school. And then when I got to high school, it was all, you know, basketball, football and track. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, pursue college basketball. But, um, in the like ninth, ninth grade, you know, eighth, ninth grade, middle school, I was really good. Uh, one of the best players in the area. And I had a real bad, uh, ankle injury in ninth grade. And that injury kind of set me back, um, you know, from my basketball recruitment. And from that point on, you know, it was all football. It was just, I just had a better track and recruitment. And, you know, my father and I had a conversation at one point. It was like, Hey, I think, if we're going to go to college for free, uh, you know, it's probably going to end up being at a high level. It's going to be uh, football. And, um, you know, I had some offer. Like I had an offer from Gannon out of high school to play basketball and football and uh, a couple other smaller schools, but division one for football. So, you know, I, I chose that route. And then once I was done playing football, um, you know, I had some professional opportunities and, and, uh, you know, those didn't follow up. And I, and, and the funny story is two, two reasons that really got me into basketball coaching was, um, one, I was angry at the game of football. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I just did a, I had a, you know, pretty good career, decent career in Maine. Sure. Um, and then I come out and obviously trying to play pro and, um, I did everything I could. I, I, you know, had really great workouts, um, just everything, you know, NFL players vouching for me. And cause I actually came out during the lockout year. So, um, in 2010. So that was, that was another obstacle and, you know, just doing so much. And you, when you get to that, that level and you realize, you know, at that point is not all about how good you are. You know, there's so many other factors that goes into even getting an opportunity to play in NFL or, you know, CFL or something like that, that, you know, I, it felt like I did everything, you know, checked all the boxes and, and did what I, I performed how I need to. And just somehow that opportunity didn't strike. Um, and then the other, the other, so I was mad at football, wanted something to detach me away from the game. Um, and my younger brother, uh, he was like 10 years old at the time. And I had, you know, I was back home from college and he just came to me and was like, you know, I want to start playing basketball. I want to get serious about it. I want to get good. Right. And wow. I started training him. And, um, you know, that was, that was really my introduction into, you know, seriously coaching and getting into it. Yeah. And, um, and then, like you said, just it being my first love and just, you know, people say, why didn't you coach football? And it's, it's nothing like, like you said, the X's and O's and just everything that goes into basketball. Um, I felt myself wanting to do that more and, you know, being more drawn to that and just falling in love with that. And, um, you know, so those are the two biggest things that really pulled me into it. Yeah. I mean, coach, that's so cool to hear. Cause we coach Klump and I both have coached a little football and a little basketball and you're right. Both, both sports have like this draw and this pull to them. They both give you, you know, those, that Friday night feel Friday yeah. night lights feel for football is like unmatched, but right. you know, coaching in that, that last 30 second timeout with three seconds left is, is the same kind of, same kind of vibe. I love it. But yeah, you talk to those diehard football coaches. They're probably the exact opposite. <laughs> I yeah. take the football Friday nights over any day other than the yeah. hardwood, but uh, you know, yeah. And it's all and it's all passion. It's all it's all great. Uh, I just wanted to dive a little deeper, if you don't mind, Coach. When you did come out and you said, you know, about not getting that shot 
to play pro coming out of Maine. How did you handle it? Because it sounded like you, if I heard you correctly, that you recognize that you were doing all that you could do, but that's not necessarily enough when it comes to playing at the pro level. So what were some of the things that other than, you know, jumping into basketball that kind of helped you through that time? Uh, I mean, at, at the time, um, it was really, you know, I started, I started working, I started to look at other things and, um, you know, my father, he actually, he played professional, um, he played for the Dolphins for, for three years and, um, and then he spent some time with Buffalo and that's how we ended up in Buffalo. Um, so really it was him, um, him, him helping me and, and, uh, you know, get through it because he went through similar things. Um, you know, right. he played at Western Illinois, started at Western Illinois, which is, you know, um, what we called one double A, but now, you know, FCS sure. uh, school and, you know, he had to come out as an undrafted free agent. Um, and he had to, you know, go through it, get cut from a few different teams and, um, be on the practice squad and all kinds of stuff. Um, so he knew what it was like. Um, and, and so he helped me through it. And then, man, I, I really say it was, you know, it was really nothing, um, much more than just getting into coaching. You know, yeah. um, I even started coaching and training while I was still training and looking for opportunities to play, um, you know, in, in a professional league, you know, I was in, in the middle of a AAU season and I got a call to go, uh, to Spokane, Washington, to, to work out for, um, the arena team there. And, you know, so I was still in the mix of both. Um, but it was after I left that arena tryout where, you know, I was, I was the best player there for a week. Um, even out of the, it was in the middle of the season. And, um, you know, when it came time for them to let me, let me go, uh, the coach brought me in and was like, man, you know, if you were here, um, beginning of preseason, you'd be starting for us, you know, but right. the lower levels you go, it's, it's a numbers game. And, sure. um, especially with arena. And they had a guy who had just came off of IR the week that I got there and, you know, they felt loyal to him and, uh, and giving him a chance, you know, to get, to get his spot back. And, you know, when you have, you know, the, the players are already on the team, just asking and, you know, rooting for you and all this stuff. And then you still don't get that shot. Um, it was tough, you know, so I came back home and just really dove headfirst into coaching. Um, you know, so other than, you know, my father helping me and other people around me, it was really just really getting into coaching, you know, honestly. Yeah. So you had, sounds like you had a good support system there and it just goes to show like how much these athletes in whatever sport at whatever level, how much effort it takes to make it, you know, whether you're talking NBA and like the G league or, you're talking, uh, I just had a, a former athlete of mine um, just get selected for a professional lacrosse, um, selected in the second round. And he's already talking about, you know, what he's got to do to try and make this squad coming up. So that's great that you had such a great support system. My follow up to that, maybe on a little lighter note. So if your dad played for the Bills and the Dolphins, we're taping this the day of the Bills Dolphins game. Do you have a favorite team in there? Uh, man, I, I would say at this point now, um, you root for, got to root for the bills. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. um, you know, I was, I was probably eight, I was eight, nine and, and 10 or seven, eight, nine when he played for, for the Dolphins. So, okay. um, and originally we're both from Detroit, Michigan. So at that time, okay. um, the Lions and, and the Dolphins were my favorite two teams. But, you know, once he left, um, they've never, you know, I, w I wouldn't call them, you know, my, my favorite team, but, when I moved to Buffalo, obviously, you know, you become a Bills fan and you want to see them do well. So for sure. I was definitely for rooting sure. for the Bills today.
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, does so many coaches that we've interviewed on this podcast talk about that that moment where they felt like God pulling them from you know maybe maybe it didn't work out, but they they just said it was like that moment of God kind of like tugging them in a different direction. Did you feel that like when you were um, had the gentleman come off of IR and things weren't working out for you, but you know you, you felt your heart moving into that coaching realm? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a great question because, um, that's, I feel like, um, the answer I have for this is a part of my story, part of my journey. Um, so, you know, I, in high school, um, you know, not for nothing was, was, you know, great and had a great high school career. Um, like I said, got to college. It was, um, a pretty decent career. Um, had some bumps in a row, you know, a couple injuries and, um, I actually got really sick with appendicitis and, so that set me back um, and stuff like that. So I had some bumps in a row and then it was just like, you know, I started coaching. Right. And um, well, I started out training. I was just training athletes um, before, you know, everybody in the world was a trainer back then. Um, I started, you know, doing some training. So I was just training basketball players and stuff. And um, and then I ended up getting the JV job, assistant JV job at West for a year. And then from there, um you know, I reached out to Kyle Husband at Canisius and I just sent them an email and because I went to one of their games and uh, I was like, man, this is this is a great program. You know, I would love to coach here, too. Um, and he ended up bringing me in for an interview um, and then hiring me, you know, right away. And uh, so I spent those two years at at Canisius and, you know, while continuing to coach AAU. And, you know, so I'm training kids and then finally. Um, Ty Parker, you know, you guys probably know his name, um, head coach at, at health science, um, him and I, he's like, he's like an older brother to me. Him and my dad had developed a great relationship, um, over, over the time I was in college and Ty actually coached me for GC ballers, um, when I was, you know, in high school. So, um, so coming back and, you know, after training and, and, you know, like you guys, I did a little, uh, helping with, with, um, youth football with my, my younger brother's team. And, um, Ty is actually the director of, was the director of his, his program, um, that he played for. Um, so we had started growing a relationship and then, so I went to Ty and I was like, Hey, you know, at this point I wanted to get into, to coaching, you know, not just training. And I went to Ty and I was like, Hey, I want to start a younger team. You know, like I said, at the time my brother was, you know, 10 years old and, you know, everybody had their AU teams going and, you know, with my brother and a bunch of his football friends, like, they were the guys who weren't really, they were good athletes, but weren't basketball players, weren't good at basketball. And, yep. but they wanted to start playing, you know, so those are just kids I started training and I went to Ty. I'm like, Hey, I want to start a younger team with their AU program. And without hesitation, Ty's like, you got the keys. You know, I've wanted to expand our program at the time. He only had like 13 and under and up. Um, but he wanted to go down and, and put in some younger teams. So, um, I started coaching them. And we start out with the worst team, you know, worst team in the area, just because guy they didn't know how to play, didn't know what we're doing. I mean, we're going to tournaments, just getting whooped, you know, losing by 20, 30 points. Um, but we kept working, you know, kept working, tournament after tournament. And then um, during that time, I started having parents come up to me, um, not just our parents, but parents from other teams. And this is out of town at tournaments, like, man, you do such a great job with them, you know, your demeanor and, you know, this, that and the other it was great. And, um, you know, so that started to happen. The next, thing you know, we, you know, we, we make it to the elite eight in a tournament, you know, next tournament, we make it to the final four. And then by the end of that year, 
um, we made it to the championship, you know, in the tournament. And this was a team, like I said, we started off, we're losing by 20, 30 worst kids in the area. And now we got people coming up to us saying how, how great of a job I did and how good, how much better they got. And now we're in championships. And, um, you know, so now you take that. I get hired at Canisius, um, start training, you know, some of the best athletes, Howard Washington, LaTerrence Reed, you know, Stafford Trueheart, just a ton of, ton of those guys. And, and then two years later, um, 25 years old, 26, I get a, I get a head coaching job at Timon. You know, so right. I say all that to say when I started coaching, it was like everything started going right. You know, yeah. from you, you're trying to make it to the NFL and, and, you know, you do it, you do, you think you do everything you can. And for some reason, you don't get, you don't get that opportunity. You know, you don't get the CFL opportunity. You don't get the AFL opportunity. Um, so just all these bumps in a row. And for like a five, six year span, everything with coaching just seemed to go smoothly. Like, and it just hit me like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, that NFL stuff in pro football was a great dream. Um, almost did it, came very close. But, you know, I, I had sat down and made goals uh, when I got at Canisius because I was, you know, became close friends with Kyle. And he shared his story when he first got into coaching, first got his head coaching job. And he was 25. And we were riding in a car, um, you know, on a, on a way to a game. And and he shared his story. And, I, and when he said it, I was like, man, if he did it, I can do it. You know, I, I, and I said, I wrote goals in my phone. I want to be a, a, a head coach by 25. I want to be a college coach by 30, this, that, and the other. And from that day on, even before that, the paths just kept working. You know, it was just like no bumps in the road. Things were working out. People saying all the right stuff to me, the right things happening for me. And it just hit me like, this is where you belong. You know, this is where you're supposed to be. And um, this is what you're called to do. And the the funny part about that is, you know, everybody, you know, during that time was saying, I, you know, I gave up on NFL too too soon because I only tried it for, you know, a year. And, you know, most people, you know, give it at least five, you know, that's really trying to make it. And, you know, like I said, I was so upset and angry at the game and um, angry, angry at the political aspect of the game and um, everything in my life before that, you know, I was always the best player. Everything was always right. And, you know, I had plans of not being at home and, and stuff. And I was just sitting at home on the couch. I didn't want to be, you know, at my parents' house and all that stuff. And at the time, not realizing, like, that's what most 23, 22-year-olds do. Um, but I didn't want that to be for me. So things going so well coaching-wise um, was even more a solidification that this is where I'm supposed to be going. And, you know, this path is is the path that I'm supposed to be on. And once I hit that aha moment, it was, you know, no looking back from there. Now, you, you, you were saying um, everything kept going right, everything kept going right. But, I mean, I bet you if you sit back and digest it, I mean, look at uh, look at the work that you put into it. I mean, you're training kids. You're, take, you're, you're organizing an AAU team, probably traveling with them all throughout the country. And then you, you call up a, a, a local high school coach, Canisius, one of the best programs in Western New York, has been for like 20 years. You, you're working with, with Coach Husband for a while. So, I mean, I'm sitting back here. And I'm like, yeah, everything's going well. But, I mean, you you put yourself in that situation to make these things happen. So, you celebrate you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, out of all the stuff I used to watch and study and, and um, you know, when I'm, when I'm going through the process of, of trying to become a coach, um, it was just you got it was you got to put the work in and it all it'll all come together and be worth it um, in the end. 
and that's just the approach and the mindset I had every time. I mean, you know, I was driving, you know, for AAU, like you said, I'm picking up all 10 guys on my team, you know, and, and driving them in my little, you know, first car Corolla that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, we, you know, piling guys, yeah, basketball we've all players done in that. that car. We've and, all done that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I was driving to New York City to coach and driving to Albany at, at one point because I was an assistant for the City Rocks and um, just everything that went into it and um, the, the the late nights and, and early mornings and, and being with guys and just every time I did something like that, all the car rides and, you know, us being a smaller AU program, you know, we're not flying everywhere. We're driving. I mean, we, we drive to, we've driven to Kansas City. We drive to Atlanta every year. And, you know, so stuff like that is just in the moment of doing that, you just in the mind, in my mind, it's like, it's going to be worth it. You know, this is, this is what you do to get to where you are. And it was never really an issue for me. You know, I enjoyed the process. You know, I enjoy driving those trips now and picking kids up and, you know, doing all that. So, um, I just knew the, the, everything I was putting into it would eventually, you know, keep me and get me to where I wanted to be. So, um, you know, I do, I do look back at that stuff at times, like you said. Yeah. So coach, um, I just wanted to jump in here real quick and just, so the AAU thing, what do you think's been like the biggest takeaway? Cause AAU sometimes gets a bad, a bad rap. What's, been some of the things that you appreciate about coaching AAU or grassroots basketball? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been a, I've been a big AAU guy since, you know, I was seven just because I played it all my life. Um, so I know, especially, you know, high school coaches who haven't really been involved with it. Um, like you say, give it a bad rap and all the negative things that sometimes come with it, give it a bad rap too. Um, but for me, um, you know, one thing about this coaching game, they say connections, um, are your biggest asset, you know, so now that I'm speaking with, you know, hundreds of coaches across the country that, um, you know, are calling me for guys they want to recruit. I'm also building those relationships with them. Um, so that's one thing. And then just really learning basketball through it. You know, I, I think it can be taken for granted how much you can learn through the AAU game too, from, um, not only your team and, and managing your team, but just being out there across the country and seeing, how much talent and different type of talent is out there, um, you know, and then also coaching wise. I mean, you know, not for nothing in, in, in the AU world, people know it, but you, you go against some of the best coaches um, in the country, you know, that might not be coaching college, but could um, right. might not be coaching high school, would be, but be a great high school coach. I mean, you know, these guys know how to coach, you know, um, the level that we play at and, um it's, it's really helped me branch out. And, and like I said, from college coaches to even AAU coaches making those connections with, with guys. Cause now that I'm a college coach, I can call some of those AAU coaches that I've made a connection with and coached against. Um, so it really broadens, um, you know, your scope of basketball and, and everything in every aspect. And, you know, that's been the, the biggest takeaway and, um, you know, and, and being able to put that on my resume as well. Um, you know, because, you know, you're coaching. So now I've coached 17 and under for the last three or four years. And you're really coaching college games, you know, because at that level, you're coaching college kids. Um, you know, you're coaching against five stars, four stars, three stars, and then under the radar guys that, you know, that, that don't have the stars, but they're going to go play college basketball and they're going to have great careers. So, um, you know, you, that, that also helped me prepare, prepare for college coaching as well, because, 
like I said, coaching 17 under for, for four years, you've coached high school, college level games for four years, you know? Um, you know, so I think it really helps yeah. broaden you as a coach That's in all aspects. All right. So coach, in terms of Villa, what are we looking for in terms of recruiting? Uh, so, you know, I thought we brought in a really great class this year. Um, we made the decision to, like I said, we, I was, I would put us our level at the same level as division three. So we, we made a decision to really go after, um, some top D3 guys in the area, you know, the same kind of guys that Madai Hilbert, um, were recruiting. Um, and we, and, you know, we took, it, that's why I say this first year was really like, you know, it was a mulligan, you know, it gave us an opportunity to really study and figure out what we're up against. And, you know, we came to the conclusion that we can be successful, um, with good D3 guys and, and, um, or maybe some guys that, you know, could go to JUCO and develop and be even better and we can steal them for a year or two um or steal them for their full career you know instead of them going the juco route um you know so you know we're we're gonna get and we're looking to get you know some of the top division three level guys in the area um you know in our league you can because you know you're you got like 10 semesters or so or something like that of eligibility and um you know it's 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 like a we call it the last chance you type league um, because you get guys who've bounced some bounced all okay. over you know whether it was D D one D two D three JUCO uh, I mean you get some teams that live and die by having older guys so you know you can get guys that's anywhere from twenty three to you know twenty whatever on your team uh, on, on other teams and um, so you got to kind of make a decision of how you want to recruit and. Uh, you know, last year dealing with some under, older guys and younger guys um, and then seeing our competition. You know, there's a lot of teams that were successful with high school guys right out of co- or high school guys right into college. Um, and then there's teams that's successful with older guys. But us seeing those teams that are successful with younger guys, with uh, freshmen coming right out of high school, um, we made a decision we wanted to go. You know, we just we're in the you know, Demario and I are in the in the sport of you know, help developing young men and coaching young men and trying to guide them, um, not only to be, you know, better basketball players, best basketball player they can be, but, you know, great young men, you know what I mean? And then a lot of times mm-hmm. when you get Absolutely. those older guys, you know, they're pretty much set in who they are. You know, when you get a kid that's, you know, 23 to 26, um, you know, you can help, you can guide, you can help change them and they still got a lot of growth and development left, but, um, you know, they're, they're set in some of their ways, you know, and a lot of it is on the court, basketball court. Um, and then a lot of it is on, you know, how they do things. You know what I mean? Like you, you get guys who come to us because they struggle academically at two, three different schools. Um, what, what makes us confident that it's going to be different now at our school, you know, whereas you get the younger guys, they're still pretty green, you know, they're still pretty open and willing to learn and be molded and guided and, um, we decided those are the kind of guys we wanted to get and go after. And, um, uh, we did it, we did it we, for, for given the circumstances, we are extremely excited and happy with the guys we were able to bring in, um, you know, and, and from top guys to the hidden gems, like, you know, we got one guy who was probably the third best player, um, on his team and he kind of got lost in the shuffle, you know, some games and then he would, sure. you know, go off for certain games, but we realized we can make, you know, a living off of those kind of guys. You know what I mean? Um, that's just appreciative of getting an opportunity, appreciative to, of getting recruited. And they're good basketball players. But, you know, being the third best player, they don't get the acknowledgement as the first two guys, you know. And those are the guys that we want to try to find 
um, because it's easier to sell them on coming to play to Villa at Villa at our level and, you know, being a division three basketball player. You know, we all know the struggle of, you know, the one and two guy on any high school team thinks he can play division one, right. you know, right. and then if, if they realize that D one offer is not coming, now they want to slide to D two and they, and, and then when they realize that shit, they're still frowning up at, at D three, you know what I mean? So now you're talking about selling them on USCAA, um, you know, so we, we went after the type of guys that we wanted to bring in and, you know, we bring in a large group, um, eight guys that we feel very confident about. Um, you know, so keep an eye on, you say, you know, what kind of recruit you should look in. I would say, keep an eye on some of your, you know, better players in the area that, you know, obviously you guys have the right eye that you say, oh, he's, he would be a great division three player. Um, those are the guys that we're, we're really trying to get and go after and, um, younger guys, you know, we might keep one or two older guys that reach out to us and, and, and want to transfer in, um, you know, just to keep that maturity and toughness about us. Cause you will go against some older teams, some really older teams. Um, you know, you're talking about an 18, 19 year old going against a 26 year old, you know, so you still need some of that, but you know, we want to make a living off of, you know, guys right out of high school. That's just hungry. So does, um, you, you spoke about that earlier. I was just, I was interested to hear what your thoughts were. Like when you're bringing in that 18, 19 year old kid straight from high school, what's, what's their biggest struggle with, um, competing against a, a, a almost a grown man, 23, 24 years old. Is it the physical strength aspect of it that they struggle with? Yeah, I would say physical, uh, physical and mental, you know, just the mentality, you know, these older guys, um, you know, we talk about it being the last chance you, um, type of league, but so they play with that last chance you mindset, you know, in their mind, this is my last opportunity. I want to make this right. I want to make this work. Um, and a lot of them, you know, at that age are trying to put some good product and film out there so they can, you know, maybe go play overseas, play in a semi pro league. So, I mean, you know, you're talking about grown men who are playing hungry and determined, um, versus, you know, a 19 year old and coming in and still trying to figure it out or, or, or trying to figure it out, you know? Um, so obviously physicality and, and I say the mental aspect of just knowing like, you know, you're, you're playing college basketball now, you know, I don't care what level you play to play college basketball is, is a big deal, you know? And, um, there's some guys who can really play. I mean, we got one kid who I, I call him kid, but he's, you know, he's 23 now who walked in our gym and, I kid you not, no exaggeration, he could easily play for any one of the Division One programs, no doubt the Division Two programs here. Um, you know, he was he's he's six six now and I mean he can do he's one of those kids that's good at everything. You know, maybe not great at one specific thing, but he's good at everything. Um and he, you know, he's athletic and I mean just he's got the full package, but you know, coming out of high school, you know, he was probably six four, super skinny, um, you know, didn't, didn't have the right grade. So he ended up going to Juco. Um, his team wasn't very good in high school. They won, you only run a few games. So he didn't really get any attention. Now he keeps growing and developing and keeps playing. And, and he's a man now. And, you know, you look at him and like, man, you should be playing at UB, Canisius, Niagara, definitely Damon or Duville now. Um, you know, so you got those kind of guys too. And, you know, those things really, really make a difference when you're talking about young guys going against that. So coach, when you're, when you are trying to maybe get an advantage or find a space to 
you know, match match up with maybe some more talented or more physically mature teams. Coach Klump always asks, but I'm going to steal his thunder right now. What are some of your non-negotiables in terms of – sorry, Coach. What are your non-negotiables, like, either recruiting-wise or, like, in the gym-wise, like, in terms of leadership on your team and your culture? And give us a couple maybe, you know, strategy-wise. What are some of the things that you absolutely must have for Duville? Uh, uh, you mean for Villa? Yeah, for Villa, for or, sure. I'm sorry, yeah, for I'm Villa. sorry. That was a Freudian slip. My bad, my fault. No, that's okay. Um, I mean, first and foremost, uh, especially, you know, dealing with what we dealt with last year. I mean, we had a really good team on paper last year. Um, I mean, my, my average, my line, my starting lineup was our point guard was 6'4", and, you know, we were 6'4 and up um at at our level you're talking i mean i had other coaches coming up to me like man you know how'd you put this together you know what i mean when i rode that that starting lineup out there but then you know uh first 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 quarter or first semester report cards come out and you know we had seven guys ineligible um and and it was guys again older guys who you know been to one been to two been to three different schools didn't do well academically at any of those schools um and they were coming here but you know, the trouble we ran into last year is we didn't get to recruit these guys. We didn't get to vet them. We didn't know anything. It was just like, you know, between me having a connection to AAU guys, I brought in some younger guys and then, you know, my name, my popularity and and guys that I knew um, from when they were in high school calling me and saying, Hey coach, I want to, you know, I want to play again. I, you know, I want to come play for you. And me saying, come on, because we started a year with like three guys on the roster uh, because they waited, we waited so long at our school to hire a new coach that a lot of the guys that were supposed to come back questioned whether or not it was even going to be a basketball program. So instead of them missing out, they were like, all right, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to go elsewhere, you know, so we only had three guys coming back. So I'm just taking everybody, you know, that we can to make sure we have a squad and we'll pick from there, you know. Um, so after experiencing that and everything that we went through, you know, our first thing is, um, academically, you know, we, you gotta be somebody that we can at least trust. Um, if you do have any struggles, we can help you get through those and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll work with us. You'll listen. Um, you know, so academics first and then, um, just, I know you probably hear this a lot, but just the kind of guys we want, you know, um, and I think that's to start with getting younger guys, guys that's going to come in and be ready and willing to do it our way. Um, whatever that is, that's just going to listen and get out there and, However, we're coaching you to play, um, you're willing and going to play that way. Um, you know, because one of our mottos is, uh, you know, do it our way first because we want to take the blame if we're not successful. You know, so oh, nice. if you're going out there like doing it your way, doing how you want to do it, we'll never know if our way works. You know, and the last thing we want to do as coaches is put the blame on the players. You know, and I don't want to be saying if, if, if you guys would have did this or that, I want to say, hey, that's my fault. Um, we need to look at some things different. We need to change it up, but we won't know that if you don't do it our way, if you don't do what we're asking you and coaching you to do. Um, so that's the next thing, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, talk to coaches and talk to, you know, anybody around them who, who can tell us, Hey, are there someone that's very coachable? Are they going to do whatever we need them to do, whatever we ask them to do? Um, and then the other thing is, is, is going hard. I mean, you got to practice and, and, do things extremely hard in practice um, because it translates. You know, we all know as coaches that that translates to the game. It builds an identity. Um, and, and you talk about, you know, leadership. It starts with the guys who we believe are our leaders. 
Um, and we think all that starts with the guys who we believe are leaders, you know, from academics to um, buying in and doing what we ask them to do and then going hard intensity and practice. Um, you know, we, we're, we're firm believers in being skilled developers. So, um, you know, and, and we wouldn't even be coming to your games, contacting your coach, contacting you, coming to practice if, if we didn't think you had the skill to play at our level. Um, sure. And then, you know, whatever you you can do, we believe we can enhance that. And whatever we want to get you better at, we believe we can do that. Um, you know, but you got to be ready and willing to work, you know. Um, so those those are the main things, you know, are they going to be able to take care of business in school? You know, not someone we got to worry about being ineligible. Um, are they going to do what we want them to do? Um, are they great people? I didn't mention that. Are they good kids? Are they are they good right. young men? Um and, you know, our motto of our program is do things the right way. You know, that's our program standard. And, you know, most people know what the right way to do things are, whatever it may be. Um, but are you willing to do things the right way? You know, make the right choices, so on and so yeah. forth. Um, and then we get to, like I said, the basketball and the skill part. Um, but you got to be all those things first. And, um, you know, or, or we can't, you know, you, we, we don't think you'll be successful in our program. That's so good. I'm going to follow up. We have a coach in our league that always, when we work camps together in the summer, says simple but not easy, right? Things right. things are pretty simple most of the time, just not easy to accomplish. Did you Do you find as a former, you know, Division One athlete um, that when you're assessing kids and if they're going hard or not, that that's a challenge for you? Like, are you holding that's them? That's a good question to to a like your really? standard or a like a ridiculous standard like do you find that to be troublesome because i know as a former player and i i played a little bit of college basketball like like a minute that's about mm -hmm. it you know but the standard that i always held for myself to be a pretty decent high school player I feel like I'm trying to hold sometimes these kids to the same standard and it, it can be a challenge for me. So I'm just wondering for you as, you know, a more advanced college athlete, do you find that to be a challenge or uh, what do you look for when you're holding standards for the, your athletes? Yeah. I mean, is that a clear enough question? Did I no, ask no, that I got okay? you. I got you. Definitely. Um, I think that, so the tough part, and you know, like you said, for for guys like you and I and and, and coaches, that when you do something, especially like you said, you play college basketball, and you know, my the level I play um, college sports is, you tend to only know that one way, you know. Um, and one of the things that right, right, right. Um, we're holding our 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 guys at is, you know, so Coach, Coach Rhodes played at um, Madai. Um, you know, he, he played, played JV at Madai, then ha had an opportunity to play, uh, varsity. Um, but he ended up not playing for some other reasons. And, and, uh, you know, obviously I played college sports. So, you know, I, we know what it takes to, to be successful and play at a college level, no matter what level that was, you know, but I'm going to say, Hey, I, I, I played division one, you know, so I only know how we do things at division one. And no matter what the level, you can still do, um, effort wise things that way. And from, from, I've walked into, you know, both high school jobs and say, Hey, I only know how to do division one. And that's how we're going to do it. You know, all of you, you know, aspire, maybe not, you know, won't be able to, but aspire to be division one athletes, um, or a college athlete. Um, and, and that's how, that's all I know. So we're going to run division one program. I don't care what level we at. And it's more than doable. Um, 
I think to, to even further answer your question, it is tough because, you know, especially when you're recruiting high school guys, because so you have that standard that you see in your mind that you know that you want to hold guys to, like you said, um, as far as going hard and in practice and stuff. But we oftentimes see the best player don't always have to do that in high school um, or the second best or the third best. You know, they don't always have to go hard because one, you know, in practice, they're the best guy. You know, they're the best player on their team. So they're the best guys on the court in practice. And then two, once you get to the game, a lot of the high school top guys can turn it on, you know. Um, so I find myself looking for guys who know that they're the best, but they still go hard. They still give 100 percent effort. Um, they're still trying to lead by example and be the top guy in practice. You know, don't lay back. Don't coast. Um, do it. Do it. Do it. 100 um, percent no matter what. And that's usually what what I look for, even if you know, I can be I can be at a practice watching a kid and. Um, you know, I can see that uh, I might have to coach him up to do it a little bit harder. But if you see like mentally, they're really trying, trying to be there and trying to give that effort, you know, at least 85 to 95 percent of the time, you know, that's someone you can work with. Um, and for me, th- the other part of it is is re- attitude and how you carry yourself too. Um, you know, like we stopped recruiting a guy we were very, very high on. We went to a game and he was the guy that, um, you know, came out of the game. He was upset about something and he went and sat on the end of the bench, you know, and, you know, he wasn't in one of the huddles, um, you know, and then uh, I'm kind of bringing everything into it right now. But and then social media is huge for us, too. Um, so for us, all of that goes into one. I know I kind of veered off because um, we were talking about you oh, know physical good. and being on the court, but um you know, that, that, those are some things that can deter us as well. Um, to an extent, you can coach effort because a lot of times guys just don't know what it takes. Like I said, because they're, they're the best players. Um, you know, you can coach effort and, and how you, and just how hard you want them to go. Um, because everybody goes hard when it's five on five, you know, so I can go to a practice and a guy can be 70 to 80% in the drills and then it's five on five. They're all over the place. Um, you know, so to me, you can kind of coach that, you know, it's just the guy who's straight dogging it throughout the whole practice. Like he didn't even want to be there um, or he had better things to do. That's really um, a turnoff, you know, from guys. So, coach, we're going to travel back in time a little bit. We're, we're running up on it. So I wanted to get to this. Um, uh-huh. West Seneca West, Williamsville uh-huh. South, sectional championship. <laughs> There's not a seat left in the house. I believe it goes into what two, three overtimes. What was oh, it? what uh, was four. it like? Went into four, four overtimes. So I was going to so say four. I was there, but I don't remember. What was that yeah. like <laughs> in those overtime periods? Man, it was it was nerve wracking. <laughs> um, I mean, probably the best atmosphere I've been <laughs> in uh, in my whole life. You know, it's, it might be a tie, but I think it might win. I mean, when I was in high school, we played uh, we played Orchard Park. Um, it was our homecoming, but we both were undefeated. So it was technically the division title game and it was, you know, ended up being six, nothing. We ended up losing, but I mean, it was, it was same way standing room only. Um, you know, the, our, our school is right off of main street in West Seneca. I mean, you had people parked, you know, all the way, probably close to the end of main street. Main street is probably, I would say a mile and a half or two miles long. I mean, 
we had a drive that was probably three minutes um, in, in, in the game left. And every time we broke the huddle, more people were there. And this is the end of the game. Um, so that one's a close first, close second, but there was nothing like the atmosphere at that game. Um, you know, I can watch clips and highlights from it and still get goosebumps and chills from just the reactions right. and knowing yeah. what that moment oh, yeah. was like. Um, you know, and, and again, I played at, you know, we played at, at Boston College, UConn, Iowa when I was in, right. in, in high school or in college and still nothing beat that, you know. Um, and then coaching wise, it was just, it was, it was almost like chess because you knew every move mattered, every possession, um, when it got into those overtimes, every possession, every shot, um, every defensive possession, every little thing mattered, every choice I made, um, call wise, um, it was just every, you know, it, it mattered. I mean, you had two of the two best players in the area going against each other. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and you just, you know what yeah. I mean? Just th- their, their performances were, were two of the best performances of the whole year. And it was like, you know, now, now you talk about us being undefeated and, you know, the blemish, you know, we were kind of the blue collar underdogs in that situation because, you know, you got Williamsville who's used to being there, used to being in that, that position. Um, you had Greg Dolan, player of the year in the area. And it's like, yeah, as many people who were rooting for us or rooting against us. And you didn't. And when you're undefeated, it's like, you don't want to lose that one game. And, and the funny part is like, you go undefeated all year and it only takes one game to send you home, you know, and be done. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know, you just had everything on the line. And, um, as a coach and a player, you live for those moments. You know, it was, it was, it was probably the best part of my, uh, my coaching career so far. Well, coach, I'll jump in. I was in the seat in the seats that day watching and as a basketball coach, just loving high school basketball in Western New York. That's maybe in my top five of games I think I've ever seen there. And it was uh-huh. just incredible, man. And back and forth. And like you said, as many people that were maybe cheering for you were cheering against you. But I think there was a, a, a strong third in there that were just cheering because it was, it was just game. absolutely yeah. epic. Yeah, it was just yeah. unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. So that's great. Well, hey, we are up at our time, but we always ask some questions, especially for our, our Buffalo oh, people yeah. when oh, they yeah. come on. So um, <laughs> I'm going to ask, are you, I'm obviously, I'm going to go with you eat wings because oh, you yeah, live in sure. Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. So are you a drums guy or a flats guy? We do a little poll here. Ah, <sighs> oh, man. That's funny you can because. Say, and you could say both and you can say both. I can say, uh. So all growing up, hated flats. I was I was a drums guy, um, but just recently, over the last I would say, I don't know, three between three to four or five years, I'm a okay. I'm, I'm a flats guy. Oh. I'm, I'm definitely. A flat. I love <laughs> drums. Late in life, yeah, there you go, I, coach. I love drums still, but I, I'm a flats guy because I feel like a lot of the drums is can be hit or miss. You know, you get one that's too crunchy, one that that you know is not. A, but flats never really miss. Oh, they you can't know, get you that can consistency. Get, yeah, you know, you <laughs> can get all analysis. the flats. Look yeah, at this everything. analysis. It's so good. It's so yeah, good. so, no, I got to go with flats now. All right, all right. Coach, you got yeah, the next so one? Yeah, so, Coach, give us some of your favorite places around the Buffalo area to get the wings. Uh, man, I'm a, I'm a big – I'm big on um, – I'm big on uh, pepper – lemon pepper right now. And, you know, this might be um, a little bit of a shocker, but uh, Just Pizza right now for me, one in West Seneca, because it's very close to the house, um, has the best lemon pepper um, that I've had. 
And then uh, I got a few spots who can be hit or miss. Um, I re- we, I've had Macy's, Macy's place twice now. And first time wasn't very good to me, uh, but second time was really good. And okay. then uh, um, Detour uh, down, downtown on Chippewa actually has really good wings, oh, too. Okay. Um, yeah, those been those been in my my top, but obviously the classic favorite is Duff's. Um, right. You know, my my sister works at Duff's, so uh, you know I I eat those frequently, and there's one right in West Seneca, very close. So um, you know, those would be my top places for wings. Sure, sure. Now, do I even have to ask if you eat ranch or blue cheese? Do I even have to ask that? You probably do because I'm I'm technically from Buffalo, but also not from Buffalo. So okay. my I'm, okay. my roots are half and half. Um, you know, I moved to <laughs> Buffalo when I was from Detroit when I was uh, yeah. in I was twelve, eighth grade, um, for okay. good. And so I'm a ranch guy. You know, I know okay. that's probably okay. against popular. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, well, but I'm yeah. I'm a ranch guy. Well, I'm sure that it is, but you know what? It, ultimately, that has no effect on your coaching ability. So we'll, we'll let <laughs> yeah. that slide. We'll let that slide. Okay, All right, um, that's so cool. I we just like to ask because usually Buffalo guys, I'll have, uh, you know, uh, their preferences. We'll say, and coach is a flats guy. I'm a drums guy, so. We okay. always like to try and settle that bet a little bit. So all right, good. Hey, I, I thought I was going to be a, alone in my in my no. flat. So you both are. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Consistency does it. Absolutely. So, Coach, hey, we're running up on our time. I want to just thank you for uh, taking the time to sit and talk with us for a little bit. I appreciate it. No, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I've actually, uh, you know, obviously, I saw, I saw, you know, I follow you guys on, on Twitter and stuff, and I saw your, um, you know, your posts and listened to some of those, and they're really good and. You know, in this time of podcasts and stuff, um, you know, I've actually wanted to do one myself and and get on just like I said, because I love talking basketball and and, uh, you know, I, I think it'll bring notoriety to our program as well. And, 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 you know, get our name out there, get my name out there. And um, like I said, I can talk basketball yeah. all day, anytime. Oh, yeah. So I appreciate you guys for having me. Anytime, Des. Hey, good luck this year, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and if you need to come on again, want some help getting a podcast started, just let us know. We're here to serve. Yeah, for sure. I actually tried to start one. Uh, my dad and I have put one together. I got a couple episodes uh, recorded, but we we never end up finishing. And you know, just stuff things come up. But I, I'm definitely yeah. interested. So you know, cool. I'll definitely love to connect with you guys and, and do some other things. All, All right. right, sounds good, Des. Thanks All for right. coming on, man. We'll All talk. Right, be great. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 